Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. What's up, Victory? I'm so glad you could join us here today at Church Online. Today is Palm Sunday, and we're celebrating Jesus. You know, it comes from the story in the Gospels where Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem one week before he would go to the cross. He rode into the city on a donkey, and we read the story in Matthew chapter 21. It says the disciples went ahead of Jesus. They got the donkey. They put their coats on the donkey's back. And as Jesus began to ride into the city of Jerusalem on this donkey, it says in verse 8, a very large crowd spread their robes on the road, and others were cutting palm branches from the trees and spreading them on the road before Jesus. And the crowds who went ahead of him and followed behind Jesus were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. And that's where we get this story, Palm Sunday, because the people were celebrating Jesus and waving their palm branches before him as he came into the city, signifying the king had returned to Jerusalem. So today we celebrate Jesus and how he came on a search and rescue mission to die on the cross, to pay for our sins. When we were far from him, when we didn't know him and didn't love him, he loved us. And then next Sunday, we know we're celebrating Easter Sunday. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to not only celebrate Easter weekend with you, but experience Easter, the power of the resurrection of Jesus, because it's through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus that we have eternal life. It's the only way to God. It's the only way to have our sins forgiven. So we're celebrating. We've got invite cards like this that you can use. I've actually emailed you some invite cards that you can use to text people, email some of your friends, post on social media, tag everyone you know, invite them to come join us at in-person services next Sunday. We'll be having a 7 a.m. sunrise service, 9.15, 11 a.m. services. They're going to be amazing. You're not going to want to miss it. Uh, get here in person. Bring somebody with you. In fact, don't come alone to church. Just invite, invite, invite this week because come next Monday, the Monday after Easter, these Easter invites, they're not going to be worth much. So let's make the most of this weekend. Invite people to join us at church for this coming weekend on Easter Sunday. Why don't we take just a quick moment and pray together before we get in to the word today. Lord, I just thank you for this amazing day. We remember that day where you rode into Jerusalem and we do the same. We lift you up, Jesus. We glorify you today. We say, Hosanna, blessed is the Lord. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And so, God, we just pray today that you would increase in our lives. Let us decrease. We want you to be glorified. God, would you speak to us today? Would your word come alive in our hearts? God, we, we make room so that it can take root and produce fruit in us because we are good ground. And if you agree, let me hear you shout amen. Today, the word of the Lord is let's be salt. We've been talking about how we can be effective about sharing our faith and I hope these last several weeks have been an encouragement to you. I hope they've been a help to you. I hope they've been building your faith that you've been praying for, people that you know, reaching out to those in your world that you can shine the light of Jesus to and share your story with. If you 
Have your Bibles today or the YouVersion free Bible app on your phone or tablet. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. I want to look at this verse today that comes from one of Jesus' most famous sermons, known as the Sermon on the Mount. He covers a lot of different subjects in this sermon, this message, and if you want to really want to read the whole message, it's Matthew chapters 5, 6, and 7. It'll take you 20 or 30 minutes to read it. I encourage you this week during Holy Week to take some time and read those. It's going to bless you in great ways. The message Jesus is sharing is taking place outside on a hill, and Jesus is there, and there's crowds of people gathering around him to hear him speak, and so Jesus begins to speak, and he talks about a lot of things, like how he said, I came to fulfill the law, not to do away with it. He talks about anger. He talks about adultery. He talks about loving your enemies. He talks about giving. He talks about prayer and, and fasting. It's an amazing passage of Scripture. But interestingly enough, he starts off all of this, uh, this whole message, and where he's talking about different ways that Christians should live and how we should treat people and how we should act. He, he skips all of that stuff and starts at this place, what we call the Beatitudes, attitudes of the heart. I believe they're meant to be attitudes of the heart for followers of Jesus. He's addressing not how we act, but he's addressing first the motives and the attitudes of our heart because that's what determines who we will be and what we will do. Let me say that one more time. The attitudes and the motives of our heart determine who we become and what we will do. Many would see this, these beatitudes or the attitudes of our heart that God wants us to have as behavior modification or an unattainable list of things that only the good Christians can do. Listen, that's not what they are. I believe Jesus has given us a picture of the destination, right? Because we're on a journey of faith, day by day growing. That's what Jesus is calling us to become more like him, to have more of his attitude, so that the attitudes of our heart begin to change and be more like his. So each day, we're not perfect, but we keep his word before us to cause us to grow. See, growth is an amazing thing. It's the, the, the number one characteristic of growth. You know what it is? It's change. So if you're growing, then there's change happening in your life. Think about, for those of you that have kids, how your kids grow. They start out as little precious babies, but over time, they grow, they get bigger, they change, they start learn to talk, they learn to walk, they learn to think, they can, then they can learn to chew, and then they can learn to feed themselves and all these things. I remember so many times throughout my daughter's life as she was growing, she would grow out of one stage and into the next stage, and I would just notice in a moment and be like, wow, she's not a baby anymore, now she's a toddler. Oh, she's not a, she's not a little girl anymore, now she's a young lady, and my... My baby girl's 15, going to be 16 this year, so pray for your boy, you know. What's happening, though, is she's growing. Kids grow. They get older. When they get older, they can do more. They can understand more. They can express themselves more, right? There's change taking place as they grow. And the same is true for us spiritually. There's a process of growth, and because we're growing, there's a process of change that's taking place in us from the inside out, meaning that we start in one place spiritually and through time, through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, we change. Our attitudes change. The way we think changes. The way we speak and how we treat people, it changes. One of the Beatitudes Jesus mentions is, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. Now, 
This is one that the Holy Spirit has got on the top of my list in helping me grow right now. Come on, anybody else? Anybody else need some mercy in their life? Well, it's time for us to be those that show mercy. And by the way, please don't raise the hand of your spouse right now and be like, you need to work on that one. <laughs> Just let the Holy Spirit do the work in their hearts right now. I don't want you getting in trouble. But there's a, there's a process of growth and change that God brings us through. Why? So that we become more like Him. Not because He's angry at us or He just wants us to do what He wants. He wants us to be more like Him. And more times than not, God is working in these heart attitudes, the motives of our heart. And if there's, listen, can I tell you, if there's no change in the attitudes of our hearts and our behaviors and all those things, then we're simply using this term of growth as an excuse to keep our same attitudes and behaviors. Well, I'm working on it, but really if there's no change, we're not working on it, right? Then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, Jesus shifts gears. He goes from speaking about the attitudes of our heart to begin to speaking about our purpose as followers of him. Verse 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So Jesus is speaking to each and every one of us who are Christians and saying, you are the salt of the earth. Now, I'm not talking about the kind of saltiness that's really just being rude or spicy. Oh, they're salty. No, <laughs> we're talking about saltiness from the Spirit of God so that our lives are an attractant, you know, like people are attracted to the goodness of God because of our lives. Look at someone sitting around you today and say, you're the salt of the earth. Now, almost all of us would have something like this in our kitchen. In case you're wondering, this is salt. Does anyone else love salt? You know, got to put it on your food and all that kind of stuff. I know my mother-in-law, she loves salt. Anytime we sit down for a meal, if you need the table salt, you can better believe it's going to be sitting right next to her plate. <laughs> I love you, Mom. But anybody else love salt like that? You know, we love salt on our food. It just makes things better. And in my house, we love to watch, you know, those cooking competition shows. Anybody else with the, the ones with the time limits or the weird ingredients? There's pots and pans, knives all over the place. The ones with the sabotages, love those. So much fun to watch. But inevitably, in almost every episode, one of the judges will say something about the dish that they're testing and say, this needs more seasoning. In other words, they're saying, this dish needs more salt. See, salt is this amazing little thing right here, sodium chloride. And salt can actually serve a lot of different purposes. It's amazing what this little thing can do. And Jesus is telling us that we're the salt of the earth, then maybe we should know a little bit more about what salt is, what it does, and what it's used for. And if we can understand something about salt, then I believe it can help us to understand how we can be very effective in a practical way of sharing our faith with others. So today, if you're taking notes, hopefully you'll write a few of these keys down, keys about salt that are going to help us be effective in sharing our faith. Here's the first one. Salt affects everything it touches. If you put salt on steak, it affects the steak. If you put salt on toast, it affects the toast. If you put salt on a slug, guess what? It's going to affect that slug. Everything this salt touches, it affects. Now, 
as a kid, a young man, you know, teenager, I was, uh, I got this box mix of muffins and I made them for my mom and they were fantastic because it was a box mix of muffins. You know what I'm saying? You add a little salt, you add an egg and a little water and you mix it together and you've got muffins. And I thought I was, uh, you know, amazing baker. It's like, and my mom was like, these are so good. You could sell these. And she was just trying to be a good mom and encourage me. But I took it and ran with it. And I thought, you know what? I can make these and sell these. I can be a muffin millionaire, baby. You know, <laughs> so I got me another box of you know box muffins and I decided I'm gonna make these so good I'm gonna take them to church I'm gonna sell them I'm gonna make a fortune so I did I got my muffins out and I got the tins already and I got poured the the box mix in there but I didn't take time and read carefully the instructions instead of putting a half a teaspoon of salt in there I put a tablespoon of salt in there that's a lot of salt and these muffins, can I tell you, I'm sure you already know, they were not good. They were extremely salty. I mean, so salty, and they weren't good. And needless to say, I am not a muffin millionaire today. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. But, you know, the interesting thing about salt is that it affects everything it touches. And it affected those muffins because I put a lot of salt in there. But as long as the salt remains in this container... It's worthless. It's not going to be effective until the salt is released from the container. See, it's, it's when the salt leaves the shaker, when it leaves the grinder or whatever it's contained in, that then it can affect whatever it touches. The same is true for us as followers of Jesus, right? The point of church, the point of connect groups and worshiping together is not just so that we can merely be salty in the church, not so we can just have some nice little services. Oh, the worship was so good. Great message, Pastor. That's fine. I hope you experience that because those are amazing moments. But I believe that God not only wants us as followers of Jesus to be salt in the church, but to go out beyond the church and be salt in the world. That's why at Victory we say this and we believe it with all our hearts. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. We exist to go into all the world. See, we weren't meant to just stay inside the walls of the church. We were meant as followers of Jesus to be salt, to get out of the church, out of our comfort zone, get out of the salt grinder and go and flavor our world. One way that salt affects things is by making things better when it comes in contact with it, especially when it comes to food. Now, I know y'all are watching at home and you can't tell how distracted I am right now because there is this sweet aroma in the room right now. Is these box of french fries right here. See, these are <laughs> these are so good. They smell so good. They taste so good. This is the proof of God's love right here. The nectar of heaven. Man, come on. How many of y'all love french fries? Somebody said, you know, we got to watch this on my iPhone. I got to get in the car and drive to the store and get some fries. Come on, Jesus. You know, fries are these amazing things that we get. You know, they come out of the oil and the grease and they're hot. But have you ever, have you ever had one of these without the salt? I mean, it's like, why even bother? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, what's wrong with this? These fries are no good. Maybe they're a little healthier for you, but baby, once you pour the salt on these fries, praise the Lord. Something begins to happen miracles take place in this little box the moment you put 
salt on these fries. Salt is doing something to these potatoes that grease alone could not do. Nothing else could do. But man, the salt on these fries makes it taste amazing. It's the power of salt and it's a picture of our lives because God has put people in our lives, amazing people. He's created people that are, you know, amazing, so talented, but without salt from God's spirit, we're missing something. Without us being the salt in their lives, they're missing out on something that could make their lives amazing. So if we're to be salt in this world and make things better, where does our saltiness come from? It's a great question. Thanks for asking. Our level of saltiness, our, in other words, our effectiveness, is directly related to the level that we've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And the good news is, is that we are the deciding factor in how much of the Spirit of God we experience. It's based on how much time we spend in God's presence in worship, in prayer, in reading the Word. See, the more that we pursue the presence of God in our lives, it results in godliness in us. But it also results in the working of His power through us. So understand, we're not salty on our own. It's the power of God in us, the goodness of God in our lives, and how evident it is to other people. So today, maybe you're saying, Oh, I need to be more salty. God, I want more of you, less of me. I want more of you, God, working in my life. I want to know you deeper, and I want my family to experience you in greater ways. I want to be more salty in my life so that I could be more effective in, in sharing your love with others because it's changed me so much. Then today is your day for breakthrough. Man, if that's your prayer, God, more of you and less of me, can I tell you, God is ready, willing, and able to fill you up to the degree that we make room for him in our lives. So come on, church. It's time for us to dig past the surface. Let's move some things out of our way that have been taking up space that God is ready to fill us with his spirit. I believe God has an outpouring that he wants to pour out on our lives today if we're willing to clear the stage, to clear the table and say, God, come and fill me. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your spirit so that I could live in strength and might for you. Come on. What do people in our lives need us to be. They don't need us to just be there and to be whatever. They need us to be salt. They need us to bring the love and the life of Jesus into their lives so they can be made whole, so they could be healed and be fulfilled. Why? Because salt affects everything it touches. Come on. Here's the next key about salt that will help us in being effective and sharing our faith. Salt is an intentional additive. In other words, Things don't get salted on accident. Salt is added on purpose. It doesn't just magically appear in the recipe. Food does, just doesn't taste better because the salt is sitting next to the plate. Salt has to be intentionally added to the food. Why? Because without adding the salt, things are going to be bland. This is why God has filled us with the power of his spirit and his love and his anointing so that wherever you go, man, Things get better because you carry the, the life-giving message of God inside of you. You carry the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And when you walk into the room because of the anointing and the calling on your life, all the demons get up and run out of that place because you carry the name of Jesus. Come on. We're meant to get in the mix in every arena of life and intentionally flavor the world with the love of Jesus. And it, it doesn't just happen because it's 
should or we wished it would or that sounds really good. I'm encouraged. I'm... No, it requires an intentional choice from us to go into the world and be salt, to share the light and the love of Jesus. Did you know there's, there's different flavors of salt? There's table salt and kosher salt. There's sea salt. There's pink salt. There's Himalayan black salt. There's truffle salt. There's smoked salt. There's black and red Hawaiian salt. And that's just to name a few. But the interesting thing about all the different types of salt is that they each have distinct tastes and they're used for distinct purposes in their own unique way. And the same is true in the way that you and I have different flavors in our lives. We're not all the same. We're salty in different ways for the glory of God. And see, what happens is once we surrender our lives to Christ, He takes all of our hurts, all of our experiences, our successes, our failures, everything about us mixes them together with our giftings, our talents, our abilities, and our calling. And He's intentionally flavoring our lives. He's making us salty so that we could be effective in the specific area of life that he's called us into. See, one thing that determines our flavor is our natural talents and abilities. That's why some people are good at talking to large groups of people and others are really good at connecting one-on-one, -on -one, knowing all the details about that person, but they don't like speaking in front of people. That's why other people are really gifted at music and can sing or, or play an instrument. And other people are really gifted with organization and structure but can't carry a tune. Right? We all have different flavors so that we can be intentionally added to all the different areas of life. See, God has flavored your life for a very strategic purpose. And too often, we can look around at our lives, see other people's lives, and then begin to wish that our story, that our experience, that our flavor was different than it was. Well, if I just had that, then I could be effective. If I was just more like them, then I could. If I just had more money, then I could. Listen, let me tell it to you this way. Your story, your flavor, is exactly what the people in your world need. So what's your flavor? See. Our flavor, is we can determine that by our natural talents and abilities. Another thing that determines our flavor is our spiritual giftings. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 11, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church and he says, there are different kinds of gifts, different kinds of flavors, but the same Spirit distributes them all. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation, or another word for manifestation would be a demonstration or evidence of the Spirit is given for common good. To one, there is given the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. And to another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous signs. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and He distributes them to each one just as He determines. So we see clearly that God, through the Holy Spirit, flavors our lives in different ways according to His plans and purposes. And if you are a follower of Jesus, then this passage of Scripture is talking about you. God is going to give you spiritual gifts 
through the Holy Spirit. And in fact, if you put your faith in Jesus, you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit in some way for his purposes. We call these spiritual gifts. And hopefully, you know what your spiritual gifts are. If you don't, don't feel bad, but this is just a great time to discover what your unique spiritual giftings are. And we would love to help you discover them so that you can begin to use them and develop them for the glory of God. That's why at Victory we have what's called Next Steps. It's a two-part process to begin to discover and develop what God has already put inside of you. If you don't know your spiritual giftings, would you do me a favor just right now, get out your phone, text the word Victory Next Steps to 94000, and we'll be honored to help you discover what those are. I would even say it this way. If we really want to be effective in sharing our faith, then we need the giftings of the Holy Spirit because by ourselves, we can't save anyone. It's only through the working of God's Spirit in us. So what's your flavor? See, our flavor is determined by our talents and our abilities. It's determined by our spiritual giftings. And our flavor is also determined by our experiences, both good and bad. Some of us have been delivered from some kind of drug or alcohol addiction. There are people who need your flavor. Some of you, like me, you grew up in a single-parent home, and there are people who need your flavor. Others of you have been on the other side. You've been through the pain of divorce, but God has brought healing and restoration in your life. People need your flavor. Some of us have been through the loss of a loved one, and you've seen God's grace, His miracle healing, and His strength in your heart and your mind. People need your flavor. Some of you have a different testimony altogether. God has sustained you, and step by step, like your story is different, but God has always been there for you and provided for you in miracle ways, and people need your flavor. Whatever your story, whatever you've been through, Listen, you can go one of two ways. You can rehearse the shame. You can rehearse the guilt and the regret or the I wish I was somebody else. And you can always be the thing that holds you back, pushes you down. Or you can go another direction and release all that to your Heavenly Father. Receive forgiveness from Him and allow Him to use something that was meant to crush, destroy, and derail you to be the very thing that God would use to launch you into purpose that He designed for your life. Listen, I've learned in my own life that healing from a deep place of hurt and pain or loss, healing from a wound of the past, comes when I'm willing to get beyond myself and focus on myself to focus on bringing help and healing to others who are experiencing pain as well. Romans 8.28 says it best, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. It doesn't say God causes all things to happen to us, but he says he can work in all things to, for our good. So the practical step for us to begin to be effective, to be salt, to understand our purpose is to get out of the stands and get into the game. In other words, it's time to go from just Oh, I love the Lord. I'm going to try to be a good Christian. I'll be in church from time to time. I want to see my life change. When we shift out of that to begin to serve God by serving others. To not just be in church, but to allow the gifts and the talents and the abilities that God has given me to be used to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus. People need you. Your family needs you to lead them. We need you here at Victory. Our city 
need you. There are boys and girls every week in Victory Kids that need you to just show up. They need you to teach them about Jesus on their level. There are teenagers every week at, at Victory Youth that need you just to show up, just to let them know that someone cares about them and loves them. Like We need the leadership, the organization inside of you to help distribute boxes, to, to mail people letters, to organize things, to feed hungry people. We need you to reach more people through church online. We, we need the gifts in you. We need the, the musical gifts in many of you to elevate the level of praise and worship here in the house. Guess what? We need your flavor. Our city needs your flavor, but, but you've got to get out of your comfort zone. You've got to get out of this nice little container that, we, that we've made for our lives. You can simply just sit back and love God and focus on yourself, but can I tell you, that way of Christianity helps you to miss out on the fullness of God's blessing and the very best that he has for you. Same is true in the church. You can attend church regularly, but if that's all you do, like, I'm just here to attend, check the box, like, then you're missing out on the very best part of being in church, and that's in the richness and the fullness that comes from deep community and allowing the gifts and talents in you to flavor the lives of others. Listen, salt is intentionally added. I believe that this is a season to allow the gifts and the callings that God has intentionally put in you, the anointing he's intentionally put on your life, and he's called you for this specific moment in history. It's time for us to intentionally get into action. Here's the third one today. Salt preserves things. Before refrigeration was available, salt was the primary way foods were preserved. People would take their foods or meats and they would rub salt all over them. And then after it had salt rubbed all over them, they would store them in a container with even more salt. What would happen is that the salt would draw the moisture, the water out of the food like it was dehydrating it so that it would prevent harmful bacteria from being able to slip in and spoil the food. Now think about this for a minute. If Jesus said we are the salt of the world, then our presence is preserving the things around us, the people around us. It could be that our presence, because of the Spirit of God in us, is preserving the people at your job, in your family, in your life. Could it be? You are the salt, preserving those that you love, that you've been praying for. I know it's tough sometimes, and people are mean at work sometimes, or it can be a toxic environment, whatever else, but could it be that the job you prayed for, the God you believed God for, and He provided for you is the very place He wants you to be so that you could be salt there to preserve those that are there, those that are searching, those that are looking, like you could be in that job to shine the light there. Now please don't hear what I'm not saying. God doesn't just want you to stay in some place where it's you're having to suffer, it's causing you harm or, or whatever. Listen, it's just this, everywhere we go, we are on divine assignment to be salt and light. So before we start to complain about or dread the job that we have or just look for ways to just, I just gotta get out of there. Like what if we stopped, we asked God, where do you want me to be? And then go where he tells us he wants us to be. Come on, followers of Jesus. We are led by the spirit of God and not our feelings. So where is God leading you? If you don't know, that's okay, but let's pause before making decisions and ask him, God, where do you want me to go? Where are you leading me? And he'll tell you because he's a good father, right? And yes, there are times 
when an atmosphere is completely toxic and it's time to get out of there. God will lead us in that direction to be out of there. But I will say this, there are those who just jump from job to job, relationship to relationship and whatever else. And there's always something wrong, something bad at the place they're leaving. And can I tell you, it's typically not the place that has something wrong with it. I mean, no place is perfect, but usually I find the common denominator it's not the place, it's that person that was going from place to place saying how bad everything else was and never allowing the attitudes of their hearts to be changed. So as followers of Christ, what are we? We're rooted, we're planted, we believe the best in others, we extend grace towards others, we make allowances for each other's faults, right? Why? Because we are salt and we are light. Regardless of your vocation, your place of employment, your skills or your school, wherever you are in life, you are the salt in that place, preserving the lives of those around you. You could be the only thing standing between them and the end of their rope. What if, you know, sometimes we don't realize what people are praying and you could be the answer to someone's prayers. God, if you love me, if you really are there, if you really, if you really love me, then send somebody to let me know, and then you walk into the room. Come on, never underestimate your value as salt in any environment you find yourself in. Because of Christ in you, things around you are gonna get better, and people's lives will be preserved. Come on, we're talking about how we can be effective in our sharing our faith as salt in the earth. Number one, salt affects everything it touches. Salt is an intentional additive. and Salt preserves things. And here's the last one today. Salt is useless if it isn't salty. Jesus said in Matthew 5 verse 13, if the salt loses its saltiness, how could it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything. The Passion Translation says it this way, Flavorless salt is good for nothing. And I wonder, sometimes in a world where people are claiming to be post-church or post-Christianity at alarming rates in our culture. In fact, here in Orlando, the city of victory, 44% of the 2.5 million people that live here say they're post-church, post-Christianity. None of that stuff matters to living a good life. Like, is it possible in a world that's rapidly moving that direction that if you and I are not being salt and light in the world, that in the terms of God's plans, we aren't good for a whole lot? Is it possible that if people who are unsaved and far from God would look at a Christian and see people who are really no different than everyone else except, oh, they go to a church service every now and then and then they'll think if that's all it is, I don't need that. I need something real, something that will change my life. Listen, what good is salt if it's not flavoring our workplaces? What good is salt if it's not affecting our families? What good is salt if it's not preserving those around us? What good is salt if it's not changing the world? Come on, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to be salt? Well, what about when there's a conversation at work and it starts moving towards uh, talking bad about the boss or another coworker, or when it starts degrading another person or someone of another race. Do we just go along with it? Do we just keep our mouth shut? We don't say anything even though we know in our hearts that something is not right and the Spirit of God is stirring us? Do we just, do we just keep it to ourselves or are we going along with it or do we flavor our world? Hey, we're not going to talk about them like that. They deserve more respect than that. Hey, it doesn't matter what their race is. We can love everybody. One great way to cut off all that nonsense when people are talking about someone or whatever else, just jump in there and say something like, you know what I really like about that person? You know what I really appreciate about them? 
and then say something great about them. Come on, that's just gonna change the environment and cut things off and, and that's what it means to be salt in our world. Whatever the situation at home, at work, the situation at the store, at school, in the church, wherever you are, there's always a moment where the Holy Spirit will prompt us to step out and be salt in our world. And this is why I'm so thankful for you, Victory, because this is who we are. This is who we're going to be. We are the salt of the earth. We are the salt in our city. And with the way that we live our lives, the way that we talk, the way that we treat others, the choices that we make, like do we just watch what everybody does and go along with what everybody does? No. We are living as salt in this world. Come on. If we go all the way back to Matthew 5, Jesus, at the start of his very most famous sermon, he says, before we go on and talk about anything else, let's talk about the attitudes of our heart so that we can be effective, so that we can be tasty as salt in this world. You are the salt of the earth. Now, next week is Easter, and yes, we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, but, but don't come alone. Because Easter is more than just a celebration for us to say, hey, Jesus. But it's about experiencing the life and the love of Jesus. Let, having someone that you know that you've been praying for experience it for the first time. Or you to experience it when you see the power of Christ changing someone else's life. I'm going to be preaching a message on Easter Sunday called The Cross Has the Final Word. And I believe for... I'm believing people are going to be set free from some, some limitations and some addictions, some labels, some mindsets that they've had. I'm believing for people to be delivered. I'm, I'm believing for people to find salvation in Jesus. And would you be praying with me? Maybe find a way to, to get some of these invitations or invite people, blitz people on social media, inviting them to join you at church. Maybe pick them up, give them a ride, get them here because one invitation can change someone's life forever. I mean, this is Holy Week and people all over the world are already thinking about Jesus more than normal. So let's just be ready to go out and flavor our world. Wherever we go, come on, let's be salt to the waitress, waiters and the waitresses. Let's be salt to the barista. Let's be salt to the cashiers and to our neighbors and to our families. Let's be salt to our classmates and to our co-workers. Let's be the salt of the earth. Wherever you are today, let's jump to our feet and begin to pray. Lord, I thank you right now that you're moving in each and every one of us, that you've called us to be salt. We're not just here on purpose to just have a great life and just to just to have a, you know, a nice little service, Lord. We're here to flavor our world. So God, I pray this week you fill us with wisdom. God, give us creative ideas on how we can be salt and light in our world, in our families, and in our workplaces. Lord, and I thank you right now for each and every family member that we've been believing for, each and every person that we've been praying would come to know you, God. I pray right now that you would use us to be salt in their lives, that we would be preserving their life, that we would be making their lives better because of what you're doing in us. Maybe you're the one listening right now and you recognize, like, I haven't been very salty because I, like, the, my attitudes have been crazy. I haven't been allowing God to really change me. It's a great moment with the grace and the mercy of our Lord to just repent and say, God, would you begin to change my heart? It's just step by step. Lord, I just thank you right now for each and every one that's saying, that's me. I, I need to allow growth and change to begin to happen at the heart level. The attitudes of me, like they've been a little stinky and they need to change. And God, I thank you right now in your grace and mercy. You're forgiving us, Lord God. You're making all things new. Lord God, even in this moment, 
you're, you're increasing the saltiness of our lives so that we can be effective in sharing our faith. And I want to pray for one other group of people today. You've been listening, hearing about God, how much He loves you, how He has purpose and plans for your life, how He's called you and He's anointed you. He's got gifts He wants to give you. But if you're honest, you don't really know God for yourself. You just know about Him. You've heard about Him. Maybe you've even gone as far as pushing him away and saying, I don't need all that Jesus stuff. But right now you recognize, man, something is missing in your life. And you've been trying to find it in relationships, in alcohol, and whatever else. You've been trying to find it and nothing lasts. Nothing fills that void. Can I tell you, it's only filled with Jesus. Something is stirring in you right now. And if that's you, I want you to know that's the Spirit of God. He's speaking to you right now because... He loves you so much. He wants to know you personally. There's, there's nothing you have to do. You don't have to be a good person. You don't have to anything other than to come to him and confess your sin and say, God, I give you my life. I can't do this without you. I want you, Jesus, to be my savior. Maybe you've thought, uh, you know, you, you needed to do some things or whatever. Listen, it's only through Jesus. So if that's you today, you're saying, Pastor, that's me. Pray for me. I want Jesus to come into my heart. I just need to give my life to him and get back to knowing him. If, whether you've known him before and you've walked away or you've just never really known him and you need to give him your life for the first time. If that's you right now, you can click to raise your hand in the chat or, or simply type the name Jesus on whatever platform you're watching. But can we pray out loud today all together as one family so no one is praying alone? Would you repeat this prayer after me? Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Create in me a new heart. I believe that Jesus is my Savior. And He is Lord of my life. I give you my heart, my thoughts, everything I am. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, if you just prayed that prayer, then right in that moment, God put His Spirit and His life inside of you. Scripture says, all your sin has been forgiven and removed. And now you are a son, you are a daughter of God. Come on, heaven is celebrating with us today and we are too. We love you so much. I'd love to have the opportunity just to encourage you pray with you, give you some next steps to take. Would you send me an email? Would you send me a direct message on whatever platform you're watching today? Thank you so much for being here at Church Online. I can't wait to see you again next week.